Hi, everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of That New, where we bring you That New. Today, we're going to be talking about some of the reasons why the elderly, or baby boomers largely, really struggle with technology, social media, and how we should think about going about these individuals when it comes to our work. Joining me today, I have my lovely intern, Henry Lima. Good morning, everyone. And we're going to get started. So number one, a common reason why the elderly or baby boomers really struggle with technology is because they have a lack of perceived benefit or need for technology, right? Now, this makes sense because we're talking about people who grew up between the 70s and 80s and, you know, growing with technology was very different for them because, you know, cell phones is one thing, you know, we got, we had all of these dial-ins, we had all of these, um, you know, phones used to have keyboards, we used to have sidekicks, we used to have all these things that Missy Elliott was making music videos about, you know yeah. what I mean? And even way before that, we still had, like, landlines, people were still putting quarters in at, like, the phone booths oh, I machine, you know those. what I mean? Yeah. All Doctor Who in it. You know, I can definitely understand that, like, the phone that they grew up with and the phone that we have now mm-hmm. are just entirely different entities and entirely different galaxies of thought. You know what I mean? So I think a large amount of it is that they kind of didn't see the need for new technology when they're bringing coming from an era where they had a very old perspective of doing things because that's just what worked for them. You know what I mean? People still made millions of dollars without the phones that we have today. You know what I mean? They were still making bank without needing to like, comment, subscribe on things. This is all just new tactics, but traditional methods are still very necessary. And I think a lot of older generation people are really banking on those things because they're pretty foundational. They're pretty standard. It provides a baseline of understanding. And I think it's very difficult for them to accept or understand that there's just a new standard of doing things when the old way works just fine. You know what I mean? That's kind of the main point of this one, right? The old way works just fine. Do you feel like there's any resistance to that effect, Henry? I agree, Chris, because I think that, um, I feel like as they grew up, um, they were, they were in a new age in the eighties. That's when like video games started like becoming a big thing, you know, and computers were also part of that, uh, advancement in technology because that's when the internet started basically around the 80s and i feel like boomers struggle to accept the fact that internet is the new future you know what i mean right and it's really interesting how i feel like the the fact that they don't see any benefits of the internet it's kind of interesting to me yeah and like And I think that's the point. Like, do they see a benefit in the internet? Because I do think that they're also probably carrying around a cynicism about the internet and internet safety because, you know, they blame the internet for Y2K. You know what I mean? They blame the internet for, you know, like um, credit thefts, identity thefts, things like that. And in their mind, they're kind of coming from this 1984 perspective where they were like, well, you know what? Wasn't nobody trying to steal my information until the motherfucking internet happened. We didn't have Nigerian princes in this bitch <laughs> when I was 13. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, I can definitely see how to a person of an older generation 
technology kind of seems like it made things worse versus made things better, especially when like there a problem didn't exist in such a way, and then now all of a sudden it did. Like cyberbullying, right? Yeah. Back in the like we see all these movies all the time and all these shows about people like shoving people into lockers and like stealing lunch money, but like now nobody really steals lunch money. They just identity theft or you know they'll dox you or something online bully like they keep it in like the comments and everything and they just call somebody fat and then like block them literally (laughs) you know what i mean and like i like even just something like cyberbully like this didn't exist in such a way where if people were bullying you back in the day you could just squabble up with them after school you know what i mean you could just throw hands after school and now all of a sudden some bitch in fucking india is trying to tell me my hair looks greasy you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they're just coming from an era where these problems didn't exist and they just want to differ, or excuse me, they want to dissociate themselves with that as much as possible, which is fair. You yeah. know what I mean? Just because I really think about a lot of stuff that Gen Z's and millennials do and I'm just kind of like, this is dumb. I don't know why, why we made this a thing. You know what I mean? I don't know why these hashtags are a thing. These movements are a thing. All of a sudden they're a thing. And then older generations are judging our generations because of it you know what i mean i i feel like there's probably a lot of that going on but in a different sense right all right so then we talk about our next point which is the older generation largely just has negative feelings about social media in general do we agree i i do agree because as you said chris as you mentioned before uh cyberbullying right that was really not an issue back then up until social media came through, you know, when Mark Zuckerberg came up with the Facebook and as uh, time went by, you know, and there's all these like videos and stuff like people can comment, like, subscribe and stuff, follow each other. But there has been an increase in cyberbullying. And I feel like that's a factor that affects many people, even even baby boomers. Uh, they can they can be bullies too like it's crazy like they can in yeah. their own way yeah exactly yeah like those are where the online karens live right yeah <laughs> that's the center of it you know and i feel like that a negative feeling towards social media for that reason and you know another thing too that i think about that's really insane i think about well when i hear this point i think about cyber crime right you know because your boy is like a, a data expert as it were I see a lot of documentaries and a lot of stories and a lot of news articles and movies about how cybercrime has led to like murders, has led to kidnappings, has led to people giving away money online because they're trusting somebody they're in like this online relationship with that really doesn't exist. Catfishing, you know, everybody's on their catfish bullshit. You know what I mean? (laughs) Going back to these problems that didn't necessarily exist before, you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden... You know, I can sit here and talk to some bitch in Mumbai and, you know, set up like this whole like long distance relationship wedding thing. And then like I go to Mumbai, get kidnapped. You know what I mean? Just trying to, you know, people didn't do that. Like if I wanted to meet a bitch in Mumbai, I had to go to Mumbai, you know? Yeah, people people are just mean and they take advantage of old people as well. Like they'll try to scam them for money, you know? Like it's crazy how that works. And and you know what? Because of people's lack of understanding of technology and fear, I do think that there is a whole arena of scamming old people because old people don't know better. Right. And I think they know that they don't know better, which is why they're just like, you know what? We're not even going to enter this, play with this, entertain this. Yeah, they're, and- they're just taking advantage of them. Like, it's crazy. Like, when they, like, I've, I've, I've witnessed the firsthand, like, 
my dad's not a baby boomer. He's like, well, I guess you could say he's like in the 60s, right? Like, yeah. It technically is, right? And he got a message on Facebook from some guy who's like, hey, like, do you think I could borrow like $2,000 for this and that? Like, I'll pay you back under this and that. And obviously he knew it was a scam, so he he didn't reply. So there's... There's people out there, you know? Yeah, and you know what? I also think about the amount of times we get those unsolicited messages and texts and things like that, which are things that, like, never happened before. Like, back in the days, and like, an unsolicited text or, like, a, a pick for them looks like, you know, a phone call from a scammer or from, like, a telemarketer that they just couldn't identify because they ain't had caller ID. Like, that's about as far as it went. Like, if you had to unsolicit send somebody something you had to mail that shit or like you had to like get a polaroid you know stock their house send them the pictures leave it in a box with like a cat's foot or something you know what i mean like yeah. some mob shit you know what i mean again like i just think that whole situation has changed yeah definitely and i feel like when it comes to negative feelings about social media i also just think largely they just think we're fucking nuts <laughs> exactly. i think they just see all the tiktok dances and they're like these people are dumb these movements are dumb these yeah, hashtags like, are dumb <laughs> very narcissistic I would yeah say. Y- yeah absolutely i do think they that they think that we're just bullshit ass narcissists high key <laughs> like i i really do because when i think about the stuff that people from our generation put out and how nonsensical it is and how it just like really just destroys people's self-esteem and like da 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 like I feel like they're just kind of like, why would you do that? Why would you be around that? Why would you surround yourself with these images all day? And I look at you. No, (laughs) no emotional wherewithal. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Another reason why boomers or the elderly struggle with technology and social media is computer anxiety. So what does computer anxiety look like? Now, computer anxiety can look like a number of things. This one in particular, we're talking about seniors being fearful that they're going to break the computer or they may they may accidentally touch the computer in a way or they want to export for themselves but in doing so they'll mess up a setting, pick the wrong setting and not know how to set it back and then just forever be dealing with this I don't know how to set it back type of vibe. You know, I think that definitely comes with I don't know how this works. I don't know how far this function carries. And when I and if I do play with it and get it to where it needs to go and do the function I need to do, I don't know how to set it back. Right. Do you do you observe this, Henry? Oh, yes. (laughs) Trust me. As as a as a cashier, I've witnessed a lot of situations like that. Um, I've actually seen it firsthand, you know, Um, example, like mainly mainly baby boomers at my job, at my other job. They would get help. They would ask me for help to get their prime membership out because in whole foods you know they got this whole prime membership thing where it's like a reward program kind of like ralph's right where you save some money and to, to save some money you have to have the this qr code inside the amazon app uh, and stuff so uh, they have to like pull it up but then they don't know how to do it so they ask me for help and they're like hey can you pull up my prime membership like i don't know how to bring it up and there's this whole thing where you have to like Click insert code on the top of the app and it pulls up. You know? Yeah. You know what? QR codes is probably the best example for this computer anxiety thing. Because I have met maybe like two people my entire life who are pro QR codes. Even people our age, my age, 
I'm like, oh, do you want to add me on Instagram? Scan my QR. You want to send me on Venmo? Scan my QR. And they're like, what? You can do that? And I'm like, bro, like you're on your phone as much as you're on your phone and you haven't seen this feature yet. Like, I don't understand. What are you doing? How can you be dicking around someone? You know what I mean? Exactly. And like, even to me, that shit is just wild. Yeah, and I it imagine is. it gets worse with age. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like QR codes. Like, I'm so glad you brought QR codes because I'm telling you, like, People are just so stuck on QR codes. They have no idea how it works. They have no idea how to make one. And, you know, in my mind, I was thinking like sound settings. I was thinking like full screen versus widescreen portrait mode type of bullshit. But like, oh my goodness, I feel like there are just so many computer settings that are just so sensitive that people need to learn how to set back like darkness mode, accessibility mode. You know what? Can I tell you a story? Yeah. (laughs) Tell me about it. Okay. So, so there was this one time I was getting my, I was getting my waiting to get my haircut. Right. Yeah. And I had taken a call while I was in line waiting in the queue. I was outside. This little kid walks up to me, clearly a high schooler. This little this little black kid in a hoodie. Not to say that there's anything wrong with black kids in the hoodies. I'm just saying this just so happened to be a black kid in a hoodie. But he walked up to me and he was like, hey, do you speak Spanish? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, um, can you help me with my phone? And I was like, what's going on with your phone? And he was like, well, it's all in Spanish settings. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, keep in mind, I'm on the phone. So I'm just like, let me just beep, bop, boop yeah. and send this child on his way. So I'm like talking on the phone. And I'm and I'm clicking around this thing just to like get the child away, and then and then I fix it, and he's like, okay, cool, thanks. And then I'm like, okay, and then he walks away, and then I get off the phone, and I realize I'm like, did I just help him steal a phone? Oh man, that's true. <laughs> did he just rob Wait. a little Mexican kid and then just like, <laughs> damn? I was like, oh my god, I just helped, <laughs> I just abated that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't think of that red flag. I'm like, whoa. I didn't either. I, and then, like, I, I was I was looking at myself as as I was getting my hair cut, like, God damn it. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you were having a haircut, so um, you and, don't have, you don't, you're, you're not fully, like, right. in that focus. And you so, know? so I bring up that example because I think about, like, what if it was sincerely just, like, an old person who was, like, I don't know. It was in my pocket. It was shifting around. I didn't have my, you know, people don't know that they have like pocket protection settings on their phone. You know what I mean? So, but now we do. Now we have pocket protection settings. So you don't get those like butt calls and things like that. So, (laughs) so like, what if somebody was elderly and he was like, oh, well, you know, I didn't have my pocket protection on. And, you know, I was like, I went for a run or something. And I guess... Like my schlunky, like shifted my phone in such a way where it changed my entire. Mentioning butt calls, I actually had. There's this guy who always comes at my job, and he's like, "Hey, Henry, um, can you help me with my phone? Can you check on it? Like, I, I, I think I missed a call, you know." And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" And next thing you know, like, I he has his like phone in like this plastic thing, and I'm like, "Okay." I mean, I assume because it prevents him from, like, accidentally calling people, right? Right. And so, I'm, like, checking his phone. He's like, oh, I hope I didn't, like, press a button or anything. He's all a little innocent old guy. And I'm just here, like, oh, it's all good. You didn't receive a call. Like, you didn't call anybody. And he's like, okay, thank you. You have a great day. And he comes every day that I get, uh, that I'm at work. And I'm just like, cool, you know? I helped somebody. Oh my goodness. And so, so I mean, like, yeah, people do have computer anxiety. People do have technology anxiety because they don't, we don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing and they don't know how to set these settings back. You know what I mean? And I feel like that just extends to their understanding about 
what to do with their social media, what to do with their marketing, digital marketing, just because once you have an ad up there, you can't take that shit back. You know what I mean? Of like course. once you spend a thousand dollars for your marketing campaign, you can't take that shit back. For real. Um, you can pause it and things like that, mm-hmm. but like some people, like what if they're like, oh, I made a mistake. I, I launched this ad on accident. Oh, I boosted this on accident. How do I take it back? How do I take it back? You know what I mean? I oh. definitely see a lot of opportunities for that. Shout out to Sony. Right. Our next item on the list is the biological aspects of struggling, right? So again, there are a couple things that wrap up in this. So number one, we have to consider that people largely just have learning disabilities, learning difficulties. You know what I mean? You know, this can range from people with ADHD and they're like trying to focus on like what to do, but they get distracted when going through the menus. You know what I mean? This can be blind people. This could be deaf people, which is why we have accessibility controls. This could be people with no thumbs, so they can't clickety-clack on their phones and things like that. Yeah. You know, and then when it comes to dealing with old people, the brain just goes away. You know what I mean? Yeah. According to Harvard Medical School, some brain areas, including the hippocampus, shrink in size. And when that happens, the myelin sheath that surrounds and protects nerve fibers wears down, which can slow the speed of communication between neurons. So basically, there's just the brain is deactivating its the layers are going away this is affecting the nerve signals being sent which is causing people to have that bad memory and bad memory in itself is a whole other science it's a whole other discipline but skills break down and you know another thing that i think about too is i think about people with arthritis i think about people with vision loss i think about people with cataracts you know what i mean yeah people with hearing not just like deaf but like People hard at hearing, you know what I mean? And then you got to sit here and be like, Grandpa, you got to just do tap this and tap this. And they're just like, what? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's what I think about in terms of this. Do you see, does anybody in your family or anybody you know with biological um, afflictions as they were struggle with technology? Uh, Honestly, I don't have any family in particular that I know of that have any of these struggles, but... I will say my dad has a big struggle when it comes to remembering, you know, his passwords and his emails. Same thing with my mom. And I always have to, like, write it down for them because, like, the memory isn't perfect. You know, like, no one has perfect memory. And I get that because it's difficult to have, like, so many accounts on social media. And I feel like having so many accounts can really affect, uh, like, my parents' memory, you know, and uh, anyone, really, um, when it comes to that. I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I even have like folders and, and things of notes just full of passwords and all of my accounts because I have like 80 accounts to things, you know what I mean? And so I'm not going to sit here and try to remember all of them bitches, you know what I mean? And I think even just like the password memory issue is such a big thing in our work just because you don't know what you changed it to. You don't know where you started. You don't know if you're using a suggested password and if they save that. Or if you put in your own password, you might not remember what your mother's maiden name is. You might not remember what your fucking pet from first grade is. You know what I mean? True, yeah. Security questions like... So I definitely see that wrapping around the whole thing about the computer anxiety, right? Right. And then just disabilities. Like, like again, with people with arthritis, like they're not going to sit here thumbing on these keyboards. And even like when you have people in corporate offices, they do get carpal tunnel from mousing. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? They do have ergonomic keyboards, ergonomic, you know, chairs, ergonomic mouses to help your wrist movement and things like that. So we definitely got to 
incorporate the whole necessity for ergonomic materials to working with technology. You know what I mean? Right. Which is why people have things like back braces and like all these coats and all of these things just because they understand that the body deteriorates in the course of work depending on whatever industry you're in. Right. And I think that we need to remember that when dealing with technology that as we're aging, as technology is growing, we're also growing and we're also getting worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And I feel like tech, part of why technology advances the way they it is, is to help us meet us where we're at right. in terms of our growth and make things easier for us. But at the same time, those things that make it easier for us are things that everybody has anxiety about, i.e. facial recognition, thumbprinting, you know what I mean? All the biological login options, you know what I mean? I could spit on my <laughs> spit on my phone and like log in so I don't have to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then we deal with the people who are all the cynical um, conspiracy theorists. Oh, they're just trying to use my thumbprint. Oh, they're just trying to clone me. Oh, they're just trying to this. Oh, they're just trying to that. Oh, yeah. And then we just get back into all these other aforementioned issues. But I definitely do think a large part of this one in terms of the biological struggle is memory. Because it's also difficult to teach somebody things that it takes a while to remember, right? Yeah. Because even me, myself, if I'm learning a new skill on a new system, on a new computer, it'll take me about like five tries by myself without instruction in order to get it myself. And that only gets worse with age. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, what if we have somebody who's like really good at learning? And even if they learn it on like the first try because they're old and because their memory is deteriorating, you know, they could just forget the whole ass thing. On top of that, if they're not using this skill often enough or this program often enough, then you're just going to not remember entirely. You know what I mean? Like I think about like video games that I want to get back to after like three months of playing and I totally just lost all the skill, even though I just spent like a hundred hours plus playing this video game. Yeah. You know, like you would think I would be an expert at the controls and I would never forget them, but I do. Yeah, that tends to happen a lot. Especially, like, um, there are some people out there who, um, like, don't get me wrong, they have a whole, like, list of video games to play, but they're focusing on one, and after a while, that's when they really, really forget the buttons, the layout of the game, this and that, and as for old people, when it comes to memory, it's it's uh, very difficult, because, you know, like you said, it comes with age. It's sad. It is. And so the last thing we want to talk about is the power of habit, right? So we're talking about like us on these video games and using our systems often. Right. And I think that's another thing too. I think we underestimate old people's ability to use things if they would do so habitually. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think we should be mindful about it when it comes to all this. Because like when they're old, like like they're not necessarily alexing their recipes every time. They're not necessarily posting things on Facebook all the time. Old people are not on here on TikToks, liking, commenting, sharing things. And so they probably don't know how to get the links. They probably don't know um, how to share to message, how to share to email, how to share to Facebook. They don't know how to, I think about like sending pictures on like Facebook Messenger, you know what I mean, to other family members. Because they're not taking pictures, sending pictures frequently. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I definitely do think that habit is a part of the learning struggle, a part of the memory struggle, and a part of the necessity struggle when it comes to dealing with technology and social media. What right. do you think? Yeah, I, I do agree. Uh, it, it, I feel like as long as they're getting the hang of 
at least like sending pictures to people or like sending gifs or gifs whatever you pronounce it right <laughs> and you know i feel like um that's something that needs to be addressed and uh, yeah i don't know i don't know honestly like it's pretty difficult for old people especially to get into the habit of doing these tasks you know i do and another thing i think about when we talk about the power of habit is i think about marketing language right some things that i definitely help people with a lot is writing because people are not good writers the only real way to be a good writer is to be a good reader Definitely. And when I think about and but like that's also a thing about habit too. like you have to be in the habit of constantly reading shit. You know what I mean? To that effect, I think about social media captions, social media hashtags, social media content. These are all things that you really have to continually observe. You know what I mean? Um, these are things that you have to be on top of. These are things that you have to be see every day it has to be pervasive. It has to be in your face multiple times in order for you to be like, OK, I know what they're talking about. I can understand where this is going. I'm here and I can see the text the way it's written. And I can associate that with other observations of things I've seen. So I think um, because they're probably not on social media, they're not spending their days on social media because they're not spending their time on technology. They're really missing out on the language and how it's changed, the vernacular and how it's changed. Just the way we write things differently. You know, because I'm going to be honest. Like, we come up with some goofy-ass phrases. Oh, nowadays, yeah. Like, they're like, why are you saying this? What does this mean, you know? like Right. Why are, why are her hands on her knees? What is this thought shit? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I mean? I just feel like the vernacular of modern-day social media tactics is just completely different. They just write ads differently. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, they incorporate more language. Like I saw someone uh, in, in an ad last Halloween. Someone said spoopy. <laughs> English is a broken language. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of, I just think it's so funny how like we're incorporating like all of these new age words, all of this 2000s era Shakespearean shit into marketing and writing. And people don't even realize just because they're just not a part of this equation. Number yeah. two. You know, I have systems that help us ascertain who gets targeted depending on how the verbiage is written. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think when you don't have that assistance, it's very hard to tell if the language you're using is going to meet your target demographic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because Gen Z's have to be spoken to a certain way. Boomers have to be spoken to a certain way. Academics need to be spoken to a different way than teenagers. You know what I mean? Yeah. But a message still needs to get out to everybody as much as possible and it's really kind of about are we training ourselves to be on top of these things not so much because we need to be on top of them but we need to communicate right yeah because that's the whole point social media is socializing if we're not in social circles if we're not diving in to understand what people are talking about and how they're talking about it it could be very difficult to relate and once it becomes very difficult to relate, then you have to hire people like us to help yeah. you fill that gap. And I feel like the combination of memory, not having time, being too busy, um, not having these things in habits, having this anxiety wrapped around it, not feeling like it offers you an immediate benefit or need. I feel like these are all barriers to understanding everybody socially, largely, right? Right. And that's all we have for you guys today. 
Stay tuned for more episodes and make sure to hit that follow button so you'd never miss an update. If you would like more information on some of the things that we are talking about in this episode, you can visit our website at cmitchellmarketing.com. See you guys next week where we're going to bring you some more of that new. Bye and thanks for listening again.